Hey guys, hope you are keeping well. So thank you so much. This is episode 100. This is all a little bit nuts. So at the beginning of the episode, I just want to say a huge thank you to everyone who has listened to even one minute, one second, one episode, shared everything, messaged me, even to say if it was good or bad, listen from the beginning whatever stage you picked it up at i know there was so many more ears on it during lockdown that so many more people were listening and the messages were coming in were incredible i cannot thank you enough when i started doing this it was i thought i was going to get to like episode five and want to give up and i said it i was on brian Keane's business podcast recently about how the, the, the business has just boomed since starting the podcast i wouldn't have a business without this podcast um and the support has been absolutely incredible and the the feedback um it's all like i wanted to give up the podcast in uh, in december 2019 my body was going into shutdown from doing all the silly hours that i was doing as a face-to-face pt i had absolutely loved face-to-face pt but i'd already i had always set a time stop on that and it was one of those things that i had to look after myself and i was like right this is now the time the time to do it it was shit scary don't get me wrong but I'm so glad I started doing the podcast. So from the bottom of my heart, I'm as sentimental, as cheesy as it sounds. Thank you so much for all your support. So this episode is going to be the lessons I've learned in 100 episodes. So I've kind of got about a few points written in front of me. I've no long, I've no idea how long this is going to go. I could ramble on. I can go off on tangents. Wouldn't be like me, as you'd say. And this is one of those things. Um, all the guests that have come on as well, guys. Been so so lucky with Siobhan, Sinead, Becca, Darren. There's Paul's coming on next week. Paul Mort is coming on next week. There are so many more. Like I've, um, but I I cannot thank you enough for all your support. So, the lessons I've learned in 100 episodes. The first, uh, first lesson, um, is definitely lack of plan equals chaos. Since I started this, I've invested in myself i've invested in coaches for my own mental health i've invested in counseling i've invested in business coaches and stuff like that along the way and the biggest thing that i've taught and i try to talk to my clients about is planning when people think of planning they can go a little bit "Mm, no it's not really for me but when someone says to me that they don't have time how can you know you don't have time if you don't have a plan you don't have anything in your calendar. We all have a calendar on our phones. We're all hooked to our phones. And there's a little buzz in your pocket. Google Calendar or whatever it is. Calendly. If you have a shared calendar. And I know some extremes. Not even extreme. But I know mates of mine who are who are married. And they have a joint calendar. And they know that if they're trying to plan something. That they can look at it really quickly. Really quickly. Can they go out with the lads? Or can they go out for a walk? Whatever it may be. It might be a little bit OCD. But they're really successful people. The people who are flying it are the people that have a non-negotiable. And that's what I try to say to my clients and to myself. And it's been an absolute game changer. Like I, I create a little journal for my clients and try to block book little two or three little things. Like when are you going to get your walk in? When are you going to get your your training session in? When are you going to take regular breaks? When are you going to have some family time? And it is, it's about finding balances between things. Like if you don't plan your day, your day gets away from you. And there were so many times during lockdown, it was kind of, at the beginning in particular, that me, I myself was very guilty of this as being a busy fool. I was jumping around like a lunatic in a living room. I was 
running around trying to grow the business i was doing everything and it was kind of like this is this is not this is impacting on my mental health but as soon as i sat back and said right i'm going to look at my calendar and see what can i i'm going to break my days into into different days and say right monday tuesday is going to be checking day wednesday is going to be content day and the emails and stuff like that wednesday afternoon is going to be podcast thursday is going to be a podcast and then you get my training in around those and block book those. I know I'm better in the morning, so I know I need to train my my times in the mornings. I know I get my walks in kind of midday. Uh, and like last night, for example, I didn't want to watch the I didn't want to watch something on television. So I went for a walk, stuck a head, stuck a podcast in my ears and went for a walk. And it, it, it's definitely one of those things that it, it's so, so important to plan out. If you don't plan any of your life, don't plan anything rather than kind of scrolling if you have time to scroll you have time to stroll copyright that someone i've been talking to a couple of clients this morning and it just kind of came into my head and there's kind of like they're afraid to plan they're like oh i'm not a planner but then they're like i've no structure so if you can't if you if you don't have structure you haven't got a plan and if you haven't got a plan you're just kind of washing your way through life you're willy-nilly through life you're going through going into the gym with no training sessions you're winging it really and i wrote an email on that recently and i got incredible feedback for that so number one is lack of a plan equals chaos number two is are your thoughts fact or opinion i put up a post recently about imposter syndrome imposter syndrome was one of those things that we don't think we are enough or we shouldn't be there and we're kind of like we're going to get found out and there's there's one of those things I know when I went to my graduation when you my MNU graduation I wasn't in the best mental health space because I wasn't sleeping properly and I was working silly hours and I went to that graduation and very lucky that I met someone who I've become very very friends with who's Stephen Dallas who you you've, who you know uh, who if my clients will definitely know who he is because he has done cooking lessons during lockdown for the clients but one of those things that he kind of he's very good on the kind of the mental health side of things and he's 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 very very good at that side of stuff and i've kind of come to the fact that i was like there was a lot of thoughts that were coming into my head when i was tired that i was kind of when i was stressed and these things were kind of coming in like is this in a fact that i am not good enough to be with these people or is this an opinion that i've created more often than not it's an opinion that we create it's an opinion that we think that we're not good enough. It's an opinion that we think that we're not attractive enough. And it stems from like something along in our lives that's happened, either that we're, we've been criticized all of our lives from family, friends, whatever it may be. And we've just started to believe that because we've done more repetitions in the negative headspace and it becomes, it can it almost becomes a self a truth to us. And we don't want that to happen. We, what we want to try and happen is to try and challenge our thoughts. Like There's an amazing book called uh, Change Your Brain, Change Your Life by Dr. Uh, Daniel Amen. And he talks about ants, anti-negative thoughts. So if you have any negative thoughts kind of coming in, like ants are infestations. They, when they come in, they if, you're, if they're in your house, they're everywhere. They infest the place and they're annoying. They're creepy crawly. They kind of get little itchy moments all over your body and stuff like that. But his thing is, you say to yourself, no, 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 these are negative thoughts. Now I'm going to have up some positive affirmations afterwards. This may be a thing for you. This may not be. But I know that this has definitely changed the way I look at my own mental health. I have a journal in the morning, set my little goals every day. 
and then I check in with myself every evening and say how I achieved them. If I haven't achieved them, well, then it's knocked, knocked on to the next day. I have to break it down. I have to be accountable to someone. If I'm not accountable to someone, I won't I won't achieve what I want to achieve with the with myself, my own training, my business, and the books has to stop with me. We all have to look after our own our own mental health. There's only one of us. Too many times we're we're, too, we're people pleasers. Too many times we're kind of we're looking at what society is doing, scrolling on social media, and wondering why our impact our social social our our mental health is being impacted. So we need to kind of challenge those beliefs, challenge those thoughts. Are they fact or opinion? Number three, not caring what others think. I know when I first started the podcast, I got an awful lot of hate from the PTs that I worked with. They were like, oh, why is why is Shane starting this? Why are you doing this? Like the, my first episode is absolute crap. I hope it's got a little bit better. But the first episode is off my phone. There's no microphone. I went off and got a microphone. I got a, I don't really edit the podcast. The sound quality has got better now since I changed up the software and it's got a hell of a lot better and I'm hoping to improve that even more. But the biggest thing was I could have said to myself, right, I can actually care what these people think or I can stay where I am. And more often than not, people are afraid. They want guarantees. They want to guarantee that they're going to succeed. They want to guarantee that they're not going to fail. Life isn't like that. We're all going to fail along the way. We are all going to fail at something, but it's about what we do majority of the time and what we do when we pick ourselves back up. And that's going to help us out a lot more. We have to look at that. We have to look at being able to say what I'm going to do with the majority of the time is going to have a massive, massive impact on us. If I had stopped and actually listened to what those people were saying, there wouldn't be a podcast. There wouldn't be, I wouldn't be a business. I'd be with those people who unfortunately have potentially lost their jobs who potentially don't have a business, who potentially weren't PTing or had clients over a lockdown. And that's not what I wanted to do. Too many of us are kind of like, we're afraid, we're caught in a paralysis by analysis. We're afraid of something. But how can you, like anxiety is the fear of the future. How can you, if you can tell the future, then what are the lot of numbers? We can't, we're all looking for guarantees. But if you can put one foot in front of the other and say to yourself, right, I'm actually going to go and do this. If you fail, you fail. But you are owed to yourself to give us like it depends. Like if you're looking at a weight loss journey, there are gonna be days that you don't want to do anything. But if you're kind of getting out for your walks, doing your training sessions, eating wholesome foods majority of the time, you will feel a hell of a lot better mentally. Those negative thoughts won't come in. You'll be a hell of a lot better position than you were at the beginning. And that's the way you have to look at it. People are always scared about these progress photos. And I always say to them, that's your starting point. That's your fuel. Use it as fuel and go forward. There will be days where you don't want to do stuff, but it's so, so important that you try it. If you don't try it and you're on your 90, on your deathbed at 90 odd years of age, are you going to say to yourself, no, I've actually achieved something or have I just failed at something? And that's the biggest regret. There was a research done recently and that was the biggest regret a lot of the 90 year olds or the people on their deathbeds from terminal illness have said is that they didn't do what they wanted, whether it be traveling, asking someone out, starting a new job, asking for a promotion, starting a business. Yes, it is scary. I started my own business. I was fucking shit scared. I had a corporate job making pretty decent money. And I went out on my own. My situation was slightly different in that I got sick, but I still had to bloody do the work. And then you look at the PTs who are, who are potentially know a little bit more on the nutrition side, but there's no point in knowing stuff on the nutrition side 
or that, that side of things if you can't market yourself. There's so many people out there that are very, very intelligent, extremely intelligent, but they can't market themselves and they give up, they give out, they send people DMs and they give out I like that. Stop caring what other people think. You have one life, one opportunity. I sound like Eminem right now. And it's so, so important they use that. What advice would you give to your kids? Would you say to your kid to stay there where you are and be unhappy? Or would you tell them to kind of do what they want? Do what they really, really want and make sure that they're actually happy. More often than not, unless you're an absolute prick, you will say to your kids, do what you want and try to support them as best as you can. I don't have kids, so potentially don't even listen to me. But imagine you're giving advice to someone younger who is potentially stuck in a rut and they're looking for advice and they come to you for advice. We're great at giving advice, but we're not great at taking our own advice. And that would be my two cents on that. Number four is choose your suffering. There was an amazing book and I talk about this book so much. It just, it, it literally, it changed the way my mindset was. I was so lucky it came across my my path at the beginning of lockdown. It was a book called Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. And he talks about choosing your suffering. We all have shit going on. Don't get us wrong. But it's how we challenge those beliefs. It's how we let that impact on our lives. Everyone has a story. Everyone has a past. But we can either let that past ruin our lives or else we can let it fuel us. Don't get me wrong, people who have chemical imbalances with mental health and stuff like that, go talk to a mental health professional. And I encourage everyone to go talk to a mental health professional. I've done it myself and I wouldn't give any advice on this or say anything of this if I hadn't practiced it myself. That's not my style. But it's so, so important that you say to yourself, right, if social media is impacting my mental health, what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to download an app called Freedom and I'm going to reduce my time on it. If you're unhappy with how you look or how you feel, what am I going to do about it? I'm going to get a coach. I'm going to get a PT. If you're in a job that you don't like, or what are you going to do? I'm going to potentially ask for, can I move sideways? Go and upskill, do an online course and try to get out of it that way. There's so, so many different options. You can choose whatever you want to do. It might not be a straight line of progress. Don't get me wrong. There's no guarantees that I've said a moment ago, but you have to have to choose your suffering. There's no point in so-called having this victim mentality i've been there i've done that 2017 when i got sick and two blood clots and fluid on my lungs i was like this is shit but i had to pick myself up if i didn't pick myself up everyone does it at different times as well everyone has these times when they're a little bit low but it's how we react to those low times do we actually challenge those beliefs do we take action or do we just sit there having a pity party and i've been there having the pity party I literally, I found a podcast. I never listened to podcasts before 2017. Found a podcast, I heard a sentence on it and I was like, fuck. And that sentence was, stop caring what other people think. I was thinking about starting up my own company for ages. Didn't know what it was or didn't know what what it wanted to be in. And it, it scared the shit out of me. But I had to choose my suffering and I owed it to myself in order to go and do something for that. Number five, not letting your ego hold you back. And asking for help. So many of us are afraid to ask for help. So many of us are afraid to seek the help and the from others, whether it be from a relationship, whether it from be from work. We're more than happy to dish out the advice. But I wouldn't listen to someone's advice if if they hadn't walked that walk or or done that or done that thing. And that's why I work with. That's why I have a business mentor at the minute. 
that person has built an amazing business and I want to sponge off as much as information as possible. I've had other coaches, but this person is is the way I want it to work. To call me out on my own bullshit. That's my style. That works for me. It may not work for others. But people are afraid that they're going to fail. They all want guarantees. They're afraid if they start their weight loss journey that people will be judging them for doing that. But I guarantee those people are training. Guarantee they're looking after their own mental health, their own stuff. Everyone has shit going on. Everyone has to wipe their own ass. Stop putting people up on pedestals. Not letting your ego hold you back. It has to be, you have to look after yourself. If you don't look after yourself, no one's going to look after you. Imagine your kids are asking you questions again. You have to stop letting your ego hold you back. And like, so many people are caught up on this. Oh, I'm afraid I'm, if I'm going to look stupid if I ask this person out. Fuck it. If they say no, move on. You'll never know. Stop living a life in fear. Fear is one of those things that can either pa- paralyze us or it can fuel us. Well, I'm sh- I was shit scared at the beginning of lockdown. My business was going to go through the arse was going to go through the business. I was shit scared that I wouldn't see my mates for how long. I was shit scared. I was meant to go to Thailand. I'm meant to be in Thailand right now, sure. I had an open ticket. But I took that as an opportunity to say, right, I actually could put some pl- things into plan and get a mentor at the beginning of lockdown and, and, and things have gone incredibly well. And that's not me tooting my own horn. But you have to stop letting... If you're, if you're struggling with your weight loss journey, if you are struggling with where you are at, get help. If you stay where you are, you're not a fucking tree, move. Number six just be sound and this kind of links in with it takes more effort to be a dickhead so many people out there are not so many i think a lot of people out there are potentially unhappy with where they're at they take out their frustration take out their anger on where they're at whether it be personal love life business life and they creep into people's dms send hate and then or sit behind a keyboard on twitter and say nasty things and then they kind of like go off they don't know how that those comments impact on other people's lives they'll probably never think about those comments again but hurt people hurt people it's so so important that you don't do that don't fall into that bracket if you're having a shit day write it down and what i mean by write it down is not sending an email and one of those books that i have read is called hug your haters by jay bear and he talks about to say if a customer there's this mentality that customer is always right if a customer has come to you and they they've potentially had a bad experience what he says is write out that email or write out that letter or whatever it may be as angry as you want let that sit go back to it in a couple of hours the next day and then reword it or whatever you want get that bloody thing out of your system get those words out of your system and i guarantee it'll calm you down when i thought about that i was like that was it's so simple and it's definitely changed it it's definitely definitely helped so just don't be a prick just be sound be sound to yourself be sound to others don't be a dick it takes more effort so many people are amazing to others they put other people first which is nothing wrong with that but if you're unhappy putting other people first and you're not putting you're not being sound to yourself 
by looking at yourself in the mirror and talking to yourself nicely in the mirror and saying, look what I've achieved or, or look in the positive. So when we look in the mirror, most of us will go, look, this is my negative. You don't look at, say, your your quads or your bum is perked up or your stomach is looking leaner. You'll go to the negative automatically. It's about challenging those thoughts. It's about being sound to yourself, not only others. Imagine you were talking to your kids. Would you like your kids to talk the way you're talking to yourself? Probably not. So why do you talk to yourself that way? What has stemmed it? Is the criticism from others? Is the criticism from your family? Is the criticism from those around you? Surround yourself with those people that are going to impact you in a positive way. I've changed my circle of friends. When I got sick, I had people who were my drinking buddies. And potentially I've, got, I, I, I've spent less time with those over the last little while. But that was for a reason that these people aren't going to support me. These people aren't going to surround me with positivity. These aren't people aren't going to be able, I won't be able to bounce ideas off them. And that's why I now I'm so, so picky with who I let into my group. I have my three amazing mates. I have my sounding boards. I have my mentor. I have my sounding boards like Brian and Paul and Steve's weight loss, who I talk to on a regular basis and run ideas off them. And I'm lucky enough that they'll, they'll call me out and say, no, Shane, just go up and do it or whatever it may be. I have those days as well. I'm not saying I don't have those days. But it's so, so important just to be sound to yourself. Number seven, non-negotiables. My non-negotiable to myself every week is to make sure I get an episode out to you guys. I know during lockdown I was doing two episodes a week. I have non-negotiables in that I have to get a certain amount of posts out that I would need to show up every day. Sometimes the content may not be of the, um, the amazing, most amazing, most amazing quality. But I know by showing up, it's going to impact. If, it, if that if that piece of content or the podcast impacts one person, well, then it was worthwhile recording. You're, most people's non-negotiables at the minute are working silly hours, which is probably not a right way to look at it. There's no point in being a busy fool. Most people put work ahead of their own mental health because they want to be seen as being this big corporate person. They want to be seen as the busiest. They want to be seen as the wealthiest to their friends. That's not a great mentality. I was that person. What I'm trying to create at the minute is for me. It's being able to help others. We all have these ideas and we never put them into play. I have my calendar. I'm looking at my calendar right now and I'm looking at my days and I have those non-negotiables every day. I check in with myself on a daily basis, once in the morning, once in the evening. This to others maybe seem a little bit OCD. But those people who hold themselves accountable, make sure they're getting up a little bit earlier. Jay Alderton spoke about it. He gets up at probably five or half five so he can get an extra two hours done in the morning and he can finish up a little bit earlier. So he gets two hour head start on most people. So he can get his content done. He can get his emails done. He can get his, his breathing done, his meditation done. I'm not saying that you have to get up at half five. But what I am saying is we all create these excuses and we don't necessarily actually believe those excuses. We're just using them as an excuse. Create a non-negotiable. Write a contract to yourself. Put it up on, on, on Instagram. Put it up to your mates and saying, this is what I'm trying to do. Put it up to your best mates. That's what I have to do with my mentor. I'm saying I have, I have 90 day goals. And after those 90 day goals, he will call me out if I make up an excuse that I haven't hit it. And that's so, so key. That's how me, that's lit the fire under me. But that's the way I tick. Some people don't like to plan that way. But those people are the, are 
then give out that they haven't got structure, they haven't got a plan in place. Once again, how can you have a plan if you haven't got it booked into your calendar? We live on our phones, your calendar's in your pocket. Most of us are looking at meetings all day or looking at our schedule at work. We live by a schedule when it comes to our work, but we don't live a schedule by what we want to do, whether it's our friends, whether it's our social life, whether it's our love life. We've no problem doing it when it comes to work, but we won't do it for our own selves. And that's one thing that's been an absolute game changer for me. I know I've non-negotiables of training three or four times a week. Getting out for a walk every day. Listening to wood podcasts. Listening, reading 10 pages a day. And you're like, oh, that's way too much. Yes, but I had to build up to that. Once I had, like, if you set a target of saying, I'm going to go out for a walk 70 out of 80 days. I'm going to journal 70 out of 80 days. At least there's wiggle room for failure. Rather than say, trying to strive for perfection because her perfection doesn't exist. Number eight is stories we tell ourselves and believing our own self-narrative. I've fallen into this. I fell into this pity party when I got sick. I believed that I wasn't good enough, that I shouldn't be able to achieve what I wanted to do because I was told by, I was told by two or three teachers in a very high-profile school that I wouldn't achieve anything, that I was lazy, that I was uh, not very good at English, not very good at speaking, not very good in general. And that to say that to a 13, 14, 15-year-old, 16-year-old kid really, really knocked from me for six. And I spoke about it with my dad recently. And he was like, I remember that conversation. And I remember having, to, I, I was so, it, it, it stunned me. And it annoyed him and it annoyed me. But it stuck with me for a long, long time. And I believed that for so, so long. But then when I got sick, and I hope this never happens to anyone, it made me realise that I was living someone else's perception of me rather than living my own perception. I was living a perception of what someone else thought I was. Everyone has an opinion of what you are. We all make such quick judgments on other people. We don't necessarily know their full story. That person could have been having a bad day and they took it out on me. I don't know. But I actually don't care anymore. Those negative thoughts, those, those things that were kind of coming into my head, I had to start challenging them. The default negative thoughts that were coming in, I work so hard in getting them out of my head. It's not perfect. And I've had an amazing support group. I've met people on Instagram. I've met people through kind of the, the clients and stuff like that. I would count a lot of my clients as good friends who would meet up for coffees and stuff like that. I'm so lucky that Team SWF is there. And I wouldn't put any of this into, I wouldn't put any of the content that I put out there if I wouldn't, if I wasn't practicing it myself. We all have this whole self-narrative that I, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this. But what happens if you say to yourself, I can do this or I want to do this, I need to do this and change those little subtle words to yourself and how you describe certain things. I want to go to the gym. I need to go to the gym rather than I have to go. Stop putting this gym thing or training or business or whatever it may be up on a pedestal. It's going to be hard. There are going to be days you don't want to show up. But if you can put one foot in front of the other, majority of the time, create a 1% habit, which is Atomic Habits talks about, which I'd recommend. So if you listen back to the books episode and you'll fly it. Number nine, I'll be happy when. This is one of those things that kind of comes in an awful lot when people are trying to lose weight. I'll be happy when I lose three stone. I'll be happy when I lose two stone. I'll be happy when I get a den of dress size. 
But why not try to focus on losing the first pound? And then the second pound? And then the third pound? How long has it taken you to put on that weight? On. It didn't happen overnight. It happened over a serious amount of, of time. And now you're looking for immediate results. We all want to have this image. We all have goals. And I, I support goals 100%. That's what I. That's the way I work. I set my goals and I set a, a date to it. So that I know that's my check-in. If I haven't completed by that date, I'm accountable to myself. And what what can I improve along that way? So potentially if you're trying to say lose, this is a figure out of my head. Say you're trying to lose, say a stone in 12 weeks. Potentially you don't need to lose a stone in 12 weeks. But break it down. How are you going to do that? Are you going to go out for a walk every day? Are you going to try and increase your protein and get fed with every meal? Are you going to train three times a week? Break it back. But when you're breaking it back, don't say I'm going to train six days a week. Don't be that person on the 1st of January going seven times a week in the first week and then never going again. You are better off going three times a week for the first month rather than six times a week or seven times a week in the first week and never going again. Ease yourself in. People have gone back into the gym now. I can't go back in, unfortunately, because I'm high risk. So I'm working at home. I'm My gym is at home. I'm fortunate enough to have that. But to go back into, I'm, I'll am i be happy when I have an X-figure salary. I'll be happy when I have a wife. I'll be happy when I have a boyfriend or a, or a girlfriend or whatever it may be. Why not be happy where you are? Why not talk to yourself in a more conscious manner? Why not talk to yourself in a more positive manner? Why not speak to yourself when you're looking at the mirror and say, right, I've achieved this already. I'm so happy where I am already. I've got a roof over my head. I'm getting fed every day. There are people in this world that haven't got roofs over their heads. There are people in the world whose homes have been destroyed by earthquakes and hurricanes. We don't realise how lucky we are in this. Um, I don't think we know what even what true hunger is. Yes, there are people who out there who have this hunger hormone signaling doesn't work. But 99.9% of us, we don't understand what hunger is. We think we're hungry. Yes, women, you get cravings and stuff like that. But I encourage my clients to eat a little bit more on those weeks. It's about fueling your body, understanding your body. So when your people say, I'll be happy when, why not try to be happy now? Why not you, Why not try to not let your ego get in the way? Why not try to be kind to yourself and focus on small little wins along the way? If you have the big goal, break it down and go again. If you go down that I'll be happy when route, what will happen is when you get to that goal, You'll be like, oh, is this it? It's going to be a massive, massive anticlimax. I found that when I did my shoot. I thought I wanted abs and that would make me happy. I was miserable as fuck with abs. I can get abs reasonably easy. But I don't necessarily want them on a daily basis. They're not They're not what I strive for. I don't think that's what fitness should be. Fitness should be about balance. Finding a routine, a system that works for you. Being able to move a little bit more. Being able to enjoy what you're doing, whether it be hiking, cycling, running, gym, whatever it may be, tiddlywinks, whatever it may be. But to get this whole thing of I'll be happy when I have reached a certain level of body fat or I'm a certain weight. Yes, we have goals. But would you you don't go into a shop looking for a size 70 kilos. You go into a shop looking for a size 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, whatever it may be. So why not let that be your goal? If the scale is impacting your mood, stay the fuck off it. 
Why not focus on how you're feeling? Your energy levels. Your sleep. Your relationships. And go from there. Number 10. Never never regret your past. Rather embrace it as the teacher that it is. That is a quote from Robin Sharma. So never regret your past. Rather embrace it as the teacher that it is. We all have a past. We also all have a future. We don't know what that is, the future, but we all have a past. And it's important that we let those things fuel us, that we try to understand why it happened and take lessons from it. So if someone's broken up from with you or you failed on a diet, what happened? Potentially it was the wrong diet for you. More often than not, people are choosing quick fixes rather than kind of going slowly, slowly. And that's why they failed. They give up. They go on these yo-yo diets. If someone's broken up with you, what can you tweak? Was it you? What can you tweak along the way? Can you potentially go to counselling and try to talk to someone about it? Was it your lack of self-belief? Had that person changed? Had that person gone on their own journey and you were afraid of that person bettering themselves? Which happens an awful lot. That when people are starting to lose weight and their, their partners don't support them, like one of the things that I hear on a, on a day, on on a regular enough basis, I have to ask my partner. Why should you have to ask your partner to better yourself? That person could be afraid. The other person could be afraid of you bettering yourself. That you'll run off, and once again, that ego comes into place. Don't let your don't let your past stagnate your progress. Don't let your past. Be your future story and stop you from what you want to try and do. Look forward, strive forward and keep going. There will be days where you don't want to do anything. Don't get me wrong, but you are better off doing something. I didn't want to go out for a walk last night. I have those days too, but I felt unbelievable after going for a walk. It was only a 40, 45 minute walk. Stuck on a little bit of music as well. I went for a walk. And we have to, have to not let those self-narratives, not let those past failures stop us. We will all fail in something, but it's important to learn from what you did. So say if it's a business thing, why did a potential ad that you run fail? Why did a program fail? Maybe no one wanted it. Maybe it was too generic. Maybe it was too niche. Maybe you didn't put all the effort in. Maybe you didn't give yourself a deadline. Maybe you're too harsh on yourself and you want the results now and then when you're losing weight. The last lesson is fear holds us back. You will fail. It's how you accept it. Fear holds us back. You will fail. It's how you accept it. We will all fail. We've all had relationships that didn't go to plan. We've all, a lot of us, some people have had projects with businesses and stuff like that and jobs that they didn't get. But you're in a job now for the better or for the worse. You're still breathing. You're still functioning. You've got a roof over your head. Fear will hold us a lot of us back from doing anything. We all want guarantees that something's going to work. And that's not what we want to do. We want to focus on being the best person we can. Being the best husband, father, wife, girlfriend, daughter, son. And trying to give any little nugget or of gold that we can to the generation that's coming through the tiktok generation which hurts my soul but f- fear holds a lot of us back from doing what we want to do 
obviously now with traveling it's a little bit different but you can still go on staycations on your own we're afraid to be with our own selves we're afraid to be with our thoughts because we don't know where it's going to go but when you're meditating and journaling little thoughts kind of come out of your head if they're negative why do you think that are you challenging it or are you accepting it as a as a true story most of us will accept it and be like okay that's a fact but more often than not it's an opinion that you've created from working with hundreds and hundreds of women there's a certain thing called the pms brain that happens and these negative connotations come into our mind at a certain time of the month and what happens is we they start to believe those stories they don't think they're they're worthy they don't they feel bloated they feel blur but what i've worked a lot of a lot with my girls and my clients is how, if you're feeling that negative what are you going to do about it to raise up your energy if you're feeling lethargic how are you going to raise up your energy by sitting on the couch and eating ice cream you're not going to raise up your energy ice cream's not bad by the way i i have an ice cream every day but what is going to raise up your energy is it going to be going for a walk is it going to be talking to a friend is it going to be talking to a counselor is it going to be it's not going to be scrolling on social media it's not going to be sitting on the couch it's not going to be watching netflix if you say to me that you have no time and you're scrolling on netflix for three or four hours like we're always doing something we're either just we're we're sitting on a couch which is still sitting on a couch that's not not doing nothing fear holds so many of us back because we're afraid afraid of what we're going to look like to other people once again, not caring what other people think. The people that care and make opinions about you are the people who are potentially below you. You never hear of someone who's a, who's at the top of their game talking about how others are doing. If you look at Messi and Ronaldo, they're only concentrating on themselves, how they can be better people. Yes, that's the elite of the elite, but that's how the top people get there. Michael Jordan, he created little stories in his head about what he thought other people said or facts or little opinions that came into from other people and use that as fuel yes people tick differently but if you're sitting there feeling miserable not feeling great what are you going to do about it are you going to go talk to a mental health professional are you afraid that talking to a mental health professional will embarrass you in front of your friends the stigma is raising but the stigma there's a, a good bit of work to do on that i can guarantee you if you don't move or if you don't talk to someone, everyone has to be ready. I'm not forcing you to go and talk to a counsellor. That's not what I'm doing. I'm saying there is support there. But you also have to want to do it. Nobody else can make you want to do it. Nobody else can make you want to change. Potentially you're happy where you are. Potentially you're not. But if you're not, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to try and change? What are you going to do? Are you going to try and potentially upskill yourself? Are you going to try and get into a routine of training three times a week? Are you going to surround yourself and get rid of the negativity in your family? Your family aren't going to change. If your mom and your dad are kind of not quite supportive, your parents are going to, aren't going to change. But you can react how you say, how, how you, what they say to you in a different way. Don't necessarily have to start an argument. But those people aren't going to change. It's you, you need to change your reactions to those people. And what people say to you. You can either let it burden you. Or you can let it grow and fuel the fire in you. Some people don't like doing that. I know myself. I surround myself with positive people. Yet those like positive people. 
like everyone still have negative days and it's important that if i have i'm using them as a support network that i'm there as a, as a network for them look at your friend do a do an audit if needs be it's not nice to do but i had to do it and there's definitely a link between me going the way i'm going and the audit of the friends that i did the social media audit who i follow what i'm reading who I ask questions to, who I'm mentored by, who I talk to on a daily basis. Don't let fear hold you back. There is absolutely no need to fear fear. You have to look after you. You have to look after your own your own best interests. You do you. So guys, those lessons that I've learned or lack of a plan equals chaos factor opinion not caring what other people think choosing your suffering not letting your ego hold you back or asking for help just be sound non-negotiables and having them stories we tell ourselves are self-narratives i'll be happy when never regret your past rather remember it as a teacher that it is fear holds us back you will fail it's how you it's how you do it So guys, thank you so much for all your support over the 100 episodes. I'm excited to see where the podcast can go. I'm excited to see where we we do go with it. Whether it's more of a solo episode, more guests, who knows? I have a list of guests that I want to get on. I've booked in guests already. There's, There's episodes recorded in advance for you guys. So guys, as always... If you have found this of any use, please do pop us a message. Please do tag us up on your story. The more people that know about this podcast, the more people that can potentially impact in a positive way. Your support has been amazing. I cannot thank you enough, guys. Thank you so much for for everything. And uh, here's to another hundred.